0: So welcome back to Double Do Business and I'm Dave Evans and you are?
1: Debbie Halls Evans.
0: I, I say this every time at the minute, Debbie. People might know that by now, but if they don't, Debbie is, of course, yeah, the just, winner you're, you're of the
1: assuming, taste. Oh God, you're assuming that somebody is listening to all of them. They might just listen to one. This might be the It could
0: be the exact, you're right. Very, first. So you have one.
1: to do an intro.
0: So, so there we go, That's why we get the intro right if you're listening. Podcast <laughs> Tip 101. Who's with us today, Debbie?
1: We have got our ex neighbor with us.
0: So a neighbor, that's, that <laughs> that's that an ex neighbor. That's
1: the title. There's no, uh, there's no other stuff. The thing is, uh, ex- yeah,
0: before we introduce him, uh, just, just suppose <laughs> that one of us as neighbors got fired. And so no, well, we, we that's, both
1: departed. So we, did, yeah. we both departed from <laughs> said location that we were in.
0: Said location. So uh, introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm I'm the ex neighbour. I'm uh, <laughs> Ryan Chain, um, and there really was there really was nothing bad that happened between us. Really. There wasn't. No, so
1: no, no. There's no <laughs> bad, there's no bad blood here.
2: Channel Five programmes or anything like that. Neighbours from, <laughs> from hell. That's right.
1: Although we could um, sit, we could share some stories, couldn't we, Ryan? But we won't. No. Regards <laughs> to our children, but we'll and, leave those where they need to belong.
2: And, and it has been the pinnacle <laughs> of so far, to be fair. Being your neighbour,
0: yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, I think I think we take boundaries to the limit. <laughs> I think would be the way of putting it. Um, so, I
1: do apologise, the dog. Barking.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, there's a grave danger. Um, oh, when Monty does that, it always reminds me of the
1: Lassie movies
0: that Somebody is stuck somewhere down
2: a well. It's probably it's probably because he recognises my voice for the first time in God knows how many years. He's,
1: well, it? he's six years old now, so we'd only just got him.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: for a long time.
2: He's having
0: some anxiety, isn't he? He's <laughs> like, at last, at last,
2: <laughs> I somebody. Has he calmed, calmed down?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, Yeah. Yes. Um, he's
1: lovely. He's an awesome little dog. I have to say, he's uh, he's definitely got better and he's gotten older, and we're re- we're really fluky with him. Um, because he is really obedient, and it's not down to our skill of training.
0: Although, living into what you do and who you work for in a moment, uh, your old company from a few years ago did save his life.
1: They
2: did. Oh, yeah, Yeah. so um, I, 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 I was at Pets at Home for 10 years. Yeah. And it it, in fact, I didn't realise, but I've actually got a dog-related cut, <laughs> which was...
0: There you
1: go and I always loved it when you told us that you they were, I, I, at head office were allowed to take the dogs to work and I just thought that has got to be the most awesome job ever oh,
0: I have to tell you Ryan well, I, for you yeah you I, a I actually went there to meet some of your team one day and they brought all their dogs into work and I'm highly allergic to most animals and I'm sat there in the in the meeting room <laughs> uh, and' I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that I'm falling to bits on the inside out acting like I'm totally normal. And by uh, the time I got to my car afterwards, I could hardly
2: breathe. <laughs> but you didn't want well, to say they, they are, and I, I believe they still do. Um, it is an amazing um, thing on sort of colleague engagement and belonging, and obviously for them, um, entirely natural with the business and entirely in line with the brand and stuff. So it was it was fantastic, and it wasn't always that way. We introduced we introduced that. Um, as a as a thing and I see lots of trendy tech companies have now picked it up as uh, as you know the office dog type type thing it's it's become yeah. something
1: it has well um, our daughter Georgina who now lives in said house uh, which is our ex like, both our ex-lands and um, is she works at Amazon and they actually do dog therapy days yeah yeah. yeah so they they do so it does make a difference
0: and in her younger years was one of the boundary pioneers <laughs> <laughs> so
2: anyway
0: that's right let's so, move on. so who are you working for now because you, you clearly you became famous at at Pets at home
2: uh, oh, yeah, of course yeah hugely <laughs> famous i get stopped in the streets all the time they so, say um i left it's now five years since i left wow, pets. wow. 10 years at pets and uh I'm coming up to my five-year service um, anniversary in June, which will be handy because I get an extra five days off this year. That's
1: um, handy right now.
2: really, really useful. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm now at Booking.com um, who clearly everybody hope will know as uh, one of the world's leading accommodation uh, platforms, yep. um, but I actually work for the transport part of Booking.com, so if you book a hotel, um, <laughs> when, when people used to book hotels. Oh yes, back, um, back in the, and, the day. Back, back in the day, um, and you get offered a car hire or um, a taxi or a bus or train. Um, then that's us. We do we we sort that out, and we also trade as RentalCars.com as well, which is where the company started. So, car hire aggregator, based in Manchester. Two thousand people, um, and uh, yeah, so that's. And I'm the uh, I'm the people director for that part of the business.
0: Do, do you have to do you have to wear an outfit for that job title? Because <laughs> I, I, I I immediately think of people director. You know, you're in protected clothing. You've got a lollipop stick. I'm not calling you a lollipop man, <laughs> but but it's like really le- le- well. No, leadership's about signposting, right? So I. would you, you, No? No. No, oh, I'm no. Getting, I'm get, no. I'm getting the debut I look, no, I'm
2: getting I the did. debut look. There's no... Well, obviously, it would be a complete waste of PPE. Um, <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> to circumstances. Um, we're a trendy tech company, so um, there's kind of two parts of the business. There's the customer service function, which is about half. And then there's everything else, which is largely web development, tech, product, people. So our uh, uniform is kind of really casual, yeah. um, shorts and flip-flops in the summer are allowed. Um, I'm normally known for my outrageous shirts, um, yeah, and I've know, ne- I nearly put one on, uh, just for the, but in, in lockdown days I'm just, I've just become a t-shirt junkie and just... You know.
1: I think we are. well I'm sat here in my gym gear because I'm just been for a walk. Dave still wears his kilt every day for one I'm, I'm, the,
2: I'm the ultimate
0: professional, just to validate for you right. <laughs> he actually
1: does wear yeah, his so, kilt every so here, day.
2: here we go right, so yeah. And the accent, the accent cracked up, cranked up there about 10 levels there. It's
1: quite funny isn't it, yeah.
0: Well we had to, you know, I've got to bring the country into this. <laughs> so you know, because it's, it's all about having the right to vote. No, I'm joking. But um, the the thing for me, right, when we talked about you coming on Double D New Business today, we we wanted to talk about something you really care about. And I think I remember having a conversation with you after you'd left um, uh, your last brand to join the company you're with today. And you talking about wanting to make a mark in a new business. And you were excited about doing that. And the two words you said were engagement and culture. Now, we love culture as well. So, you know, what a great place to start. And... And I, I think look, before we go into that area, I love some of the stuff you share that goes on there. So you know, you seem to always be doing crazy stuff from time to time. What what's the the, the best engagement thing that's gone on at your current business um, that you've enjoyed doing?
2: Um, well, we've 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 done a lot of, and it's and it's kind of um, it's kind of shifted a bit because um, when I joined, we were. Uh, we're actually part of the same group as booking.com but we're a separate business so we were kind of driving our own thing yeah Um, i spent the last two years kind of integrating with the booking.com broader culture so that's a different kind of challenge but um i think going back if i I take your question in terms of what's the most memorable it's one of the in fact i probably should have um, left after about three months because the uh, the first thing i had to do um, and I knew this because I had a long notice period leaving Pets. Um, was help create a set of values because the company had been owner-founded, founder owner, whatever owner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and had grown up incredibly successfully. Been acquired by what was then called Priceline Group, which is now Booking Holdings, um, but it had it kind of grown in that way where it's kind of stellar growth, not a real. Um, not a real thought through approach to people. So I wouldn't say they were bad with people, they weren't at all, but it had just kind of evolved. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess um, my job, along with the new CEO, was how do we evolve that, make it more grown up, if you like, and, and kind of fit for a much bigger company. So I had to develop the values and articulate the values. And one of our, this, we had this expression in the business, it was already there when I joined, was anything, hashtag, anything but ordinary. Um, so I went along and thought, right, here's, here's how you do values, right? You do a lot of listening, you do a lot of uh, focus groups, you investigate what the leadership team think, you investigate what the people on the front line think. So we we're talking about this with my team at the time, and one of them, uh, Brian, uh, who's still with me, he said, you know what, Ryan? This is all very good, this stuff, but it doesn't sound very hashtag #anything but ordinary. It all sounds a bit me too, um, which it was a it was a bit of a sod because he was right. Um, so, so we um, we rethought it and um, basically came up with this concept of holding a V festival, which was the Values Festival, and it happened to coincide with the same time of year when the the festival it leads, yeah. was on. Yeah, There is probably some dodgy copyright thing, Yeah, you know, but it was the Values Festival. And this was the first thing I'd done to my new boss in terms of a pitch of an idea. And I went in and said, here's what we want to do. We're going to hold a festival. We're going to have, um, get the whole office dressed up. We had tents, we had something silly like a mile and a half of bunting. Um, gotcha. We had a main stage event um, each day, which was basically, it was a different way of gathering feedback, but dressed up in something um, silly. Um, And we had live music in both offices, we had two offices then at the time, live music in both offices every day at lunchtime. Um, which was a load of my mates from the local pub um, <laughs> coming down. We gave, him, we gave him 50 quid to do a set at lunchtime. Um, <laughs> and this was a business that was very focused on work, that yep. uh, was very focused on delivery, and time away, particularly time away from the phones, was seen as um, lost revenue. Yeah. Um, so I remember going into this thing and Ian, my boss, um, said i love it just crack on some of my colleagues on the leadership team at the time weren't quite so open-minded <laughs> yeah um and i just had visions of um, this being a complete disaster um and then me having to walk down the streets of manchester with a black carrier bag full of bunting and go <laughs> being consigned to the history books of rental do you remember that bad mad bunting guy um, but it didn't happen. It didn't it didn't go happen. Happen. I'm still, I'm still here, hanging on. Um, and it went really well. And the great thing about it was, um, in a way, we launched the values before we even knew what they were, um, just by doing this event. Yeah. Because yeah. people got really excited about it. They um, took part in it, um, and um, and we created some values that people really recognised. We got really high um uh recall and you know when we did subsequent surveys um, the recognition that the values were a real thing and really part of them part of the business was really cool so that's probably the most wacky thing and and from that moment on one of my favorite interview questions for anybody that I was interviewing to join the yeah. uh, was what is the most unusual thing you've ever done um And um it's a real killer question. Um and of course I could ask it I could ask it with great confidence because we've done this stupid (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I I love that. No, I was gonna
1: say but there must be something in that that there was a foundation already there because if the I mean the hashtag anything but ordinary, there there was something foundationally there that you know you knew you have to have the right people to do that. I think one of the things that comes from culture is that either you've got, you're trying to reinvent something that doesn't exist, therefore it hits the buffers all the time. And the thing that you've just highlighted there is, people have got to be able to connect to the the values and what it means to them else, because most people don't. It's somebody high up's made this decision, these are my values, or they think that they're values, or they think it's the customer values and not the people that work there.
0: And so it was this t- two th- It's a serious thing I like to say, but a ridiculous thing I like to say. First, let's go with ridiculous first. <laughs> Why not? It, who is it that works really high up? Unless you're in the airport industry or an aviation tower. Just, it's, it's a lot, it's, I, just, I just enjoyed it. Um, The the, the serious thing is this. I think, Debbie, specifically, Ryan, if you're listening to this back, going, okay, how could I do that? You tapped into a belief system that just was dressed up as a hashtag. Because if you listen to those words, that's a belief choice. Mm -hmm. That's an attitude towards doing business. And then you hooked into that energy, which I think, again, is what you highlighted, Debbie, exactly the same. I'm going to repeat what you said. But that's why I think those two connected. And beliefs start everything up there. It's everything we do.
1: And it's continued, doesn't it?
2: yeah i think you're right i think the unique thing about our business is uh we have and it varies right but about 70 different nationalities from around the world um and uh, the majority of people actually don't come from the uk it's it's like you know 48 52 that kind of yeah. um, that kind of split so our number one value came out as we love being different um, and I think a fact like we have seventy different nationalities is really—it's really impressive to trot out on something like this. You know, it makes us yeah. sound diverse and all that sort of stuff, right? Right.
0: So yeah, you've built such a brilliant workforce.
2: Yeah. Right. So it's—it's it's a fun. Yeah. I mean, part is part of the reason we were in Manchester because we knew we wanted this global CS yeah. operation, and we needed to be. Where do you go to get all those different nationalities and languages? but more than that what it does do is it creates something that you really can't explain until you visit the office where you've got people in the canteen or in the lift or whatever talking away in their own language a lot of them have friendship groups that are really really based around work we really over index on the i have a friend at work question because they're often on their own away from their family whether it's the students or whatever so it creates this really big vibe. I think, to be fair, also, that hashtag anything but ordinary was actually, I think it came from um, uh, Lindsay, who was my head of talent acquisition, because what we didn't have was any employer brand, and she was head of talent acquisition and was trying to find a route. Our offices weren't branded, which is silly now because we've got these most ridiculous offices. But you could have gone into the office and it, you could have been selling double glazing, insurance, um, anything. There was nothing to say who we were and what we did. So I think Lindsay tapped into that and then we built on it. And then the other thing was that the values all started with we love, um, which was a huge debate. But you, know, you go through these exercises and if you go through any values, uh, for any businesses across the world they've all got the same kind of core stuff um but we were a very macho just jfdi kind of yeah, yeah. business um, so the debate about putting we love at the beginning of each statement was huge but actually it really captured the passion people passionate about renting cars and that's one of the things that really struck me as um, initially, a bit odd, right? I come from a pets business where get yeah, everybody's passionate yep. about pets. Renting cars, I don't get it, but actually, it's a, um, it's a, it's a skilled. Yeah. It's a complex, skilled business, and people were passionate about it, and the we love uh, really captured that.
0: I think it's spot on because I'm I'm a user and of rent rental honestly, cars. He's your dream and customer. And and, and I can tell you loads of examples. Can you go out
2: a bit more, please?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah absolutely. It's, it's uh, in America, I think I've had every sports car they've got. So I've had the uh, com- is it the convertible Camaro, the
1: Yeah, but Dave, look, it's exactly what you said. He yeah. genuinely he believes that, that, that it gives him an opportunity to do something yeah. he wouldn't normally do. So he wouldn't in, go for in the, the normal in, car. In
0: the US, because their gas is so cheap, you're like yeah, I, not- I, I don't mind filling this because the maths calculations, Britain to America, is ridiculous. But the yeah, other yeah. thing is, I remember being at um, St Louis Airport, right, two in the morning after some delays. I'd been hired um, an Escalade or a Suburban, and they they'd got me a couple of sizes down on their car class, and they tried to convince me take an Audi Q3. Nothing wrong with Audi Q3s, but it is not as big or even half the size of a Suburban. And I remember having this conversation with what is a normally brilliant customer service front end experience in the US, going, what are your options? And all of the cars that they offered me that were European, were smaller I'm going, you clearly don't know your cars, was the conversation I had. So, and we went outside together, walked the parking lot. They said, so which one of these do you think is premier? And I was literally doing something you'd see in a comedy sketch going, no, that's rubbish, that's not premier. You must really con your customers around here. And we were laughing at this point. I said, so what I really want, if you're going to force me to have a European car, I want an X5, Q7, or find me a Suburban. And And, in and the for end,
1: anybody listening, <laughs> yes, this is how he actually
0: behaves. Uh, it, particularly with cars, because it's a sensitive thing. And you, if you know you're on a trip, well, you may use the car a lot, we usually do. You don't want to get in it, and go, which we did on one occasion. We had this Ford Fusion. Nothing wrong with Ford Fusion. It was a go-kart for milk. It,
1: it was very economical, and it got us from A to B. No,
0: Debbie, we need to tell the truth, right? Our friend Sean and Mar- Marilyn, who own a payroll vault in Denver, we were staying with them. Ryan, we left it there. <laughs> We took their 12-year-old, uh, was it, Toyota hybrid and drove that for the week. It was that it's
2: much better. It's a complicated business. Oh, huge. Complicated yeah. Business. But, um, but, yeah, so, um, and funnily enough, um, rather sadly, uh, back in December, we retired those values. Um, yeah. Because, um because we are integrating and merging with Booking.com. Yeah. And... Um, it didn't make sense for us to have our own because we're either in or we're not yep. and
1: um
2: and to be fair they'd um they'd mucked up um okay how big your readership
1: <laughs> <laughs> they had experimented
2: they, they'd they'd done some stuff with the values which meant they the old original values of the business had been played with to a way that nobody could remember them yeah nobody knew how they fitted um, they had several lists of kind of values, beliefs, uh, you know, and it had become a bit of a mess. So there was a, a, a point in time where they said, right, well, we need to tidy this up. And I was involved in that. It was interesting. It was almost like completely the opposite way round. And I was a bit worried about that because I was thinking, right, well, we'll do V Festival 2 on a bigger. But actually, um, because the company was that much bigger and had been around for longer and the core of the values were very much there, um, we we were involved in terms of how can we make sure this matches and feels um, feels aligned, but we needed to adopt their values. So we we did a, a launch exercise in December, and it landed really well. To be fair, um, so um, so it was personally a bit of a mm, moment. Yeah. Uh, um, but it was absolutely the right thing for the business and uh, I'm glad to say that these, they've, they've, we've done a good job and, and the booking, new Booking.com values are, um, are, are good and feel relevant and feel, uh, feel like they're alive and well in the business.
1: Because yeah, the culture isn't just the words of the values, it's the behaviours and it's the leadership and it's, it's how everything actually works together. So it's it's a layered approach, isn't it? So- What's
0: that, they mean? Like a framework?
1: Like a framework, Like Dave. a well framework. Done. Well done, yes. Dave is definitely very good at selling. Uh, but I do think it's important. I think- you know, I was
0: actually being sarcastic.
1: We, we've worked with many, many clients that like you've just said, is that they will then just, they overcomplicate them. And actually that isn't what culture is or what values are, or because they, the next layer is the engagement. If I don't understand what my business stands for, I am just gonna turn up, I am just gonna take a wage, and I am gonna go up. You know, there isn't a connection to any of the story that goes with it. And I think that's what's really interesting for me about culture, engagement, values. But,
0: but I, th- I think that's the issue. I think the issue is, right, in our experience serving clients all around the world, is they, they do what you just did. They're, they're a summary of items. And actually, that makes them almost ineffective. Guaranteed they're ineffective because, you you know, what I love about what you're talking about today is you're talking about them in isolation, you're giving them real form, you're thinking it through and bringing them to life. Values often get confused in our second subject today, which is culture. So the amount of time in the US do retain your thought, right? Yeah, the amount of times in the USA, particularly, people will talk to us about culture. We spend most of our time building it wherever we work is that they go, well, what do you think then? I said, well, we have a process, it works. (laughs) But we're not going into that process here with you today, Ryan, I'd like to know what you think about culture. But one of the standout observations is, it's gotta be so simple that no one, people don't have to think about it. It's gotta be applicable to up here, down here, in the middle, and it's gotta be something that if I'm in charge of the whole company or I've just joined, I can answer yes or no to. Can I do that as part of the culture, yes or no? And we often get lost sometimes, I think, in the dreamy side of it, going, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were all like
2: this? And you are yeah, that's lovely.
1: But it's not reality.
2: But how do you ever do it? So it, it, it's, and, and big complex organizations as well, every, every piece of it's got its own subculture. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, my team will have a culture that's different from the tech team and stuff. So the culture of an organization kind of like really just holds it together. But I think you're right. Things like, Things like values and purpose statements, mission statements, value statements, they all seem to be kind of interchangeable. Um, they're just the tools that help describe um, how people feel about a business, how people are treated by its um, business. Um, and I mean, you talked about lollipop, uh, um, it's kind of signposting stuff. You know, signposting is a large part of Yeah, culture, whether that's leather-bound chairs in big offices for the execs, or all in it together, or flip-flops and shorts, or dogs walking around the office. These are hard things to um, kind of wrap up in a statement, but they're they're all the things that will um, help um, demonstrate and define the, the culture it's the way people behave and act and all these other things are just ways of signposting that and um, showing it I think um, there's some interesting stuff with culture at the moment in, in the mad times that we're in you know yep. I mean pets pets um, you know I still keep a, a close eye on them I live down the road from the office so it's still got friends there they've done some great stuff with their colleagues and then with the retail community um, at large you know contributing to um, hardship funds and stuff like that um, not just for pets at home people but the wider retail community um, and then you get some others where yeah, i mean i'm not going to name any names because i might get in trouble but you know there's been press reports this week of other major retailers have been encouraging people to work whilst they're on furlough, yeah. Furlough.
1: And that was my question, actually, because one of the things uh, I've been doing some research uh, just in regards to is how are businesses actually connecting to their own value, values and principles, the signposts that they've set up. And actually, a lot of people have realised that what they wrote actually has no substance. You know because their values are not interpreted in a way that they then go and act on and that's ultimately what drives that's what to me a culture is and and i and i think that's been really interesting to watch the ones that
0: but but i think i, I want to cement your point but we can't do what you just said so you just join together them again they are separate things right so values are principles that guide you in a business in your life Culture is is the summary of the whole thing. You you said earlier on about it wraps everything up. It does. You think about this. No,
1: I get that. Yeah, but so, I, if I've got the wrong values, or my values are not the the ones that actually, if I say superficially, I you know I I empower my people, and then I actually stop them from working from home, or yeah. I make them work while they're on furlough, then actually I'm not doing any of those yeah. things. So the 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 impact on the culture is lying your know, inappropriate behaviour. You know, you have a bad culture that comes from the behaviour of others and that's that's the connection. Yeah,
0: and, and we've, we've seen it for, you know, we, we reflected, we were laughing about neighbours earlier on, how long ago that's been. You know, our season now been in existence for 15, 16 years, so you can imagine what we've seen in that time. But what's fascinating is that, you know, this highlights people being something over here at one moment and being something else over here in, in the shade. And, and and actually, you're better off to say that you are the shade version, be upfront about it, and you'll hire better people anyway. You know, you, you mentioned earlier on about the tight knit blend of uh, your workforce from 52-48, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah,
2: that, was, that, was a, that was a random figure, by the way, not to be all... It's very concerned. interesting. <laughs>
1: Well, you're talking about the 70 different nationalities,
0: so the actual Correct, complexity yeah. um, that that. We, we work with um, Gordon's Wine Bar in London and they're made up of exactly the same ingredient. The difference is they would probably be 80-something 80 20, yeah. European. Um, the tightness you talked about. It's incredible. Uh, it was like, wow, it was, it was like they were family. it's yeah. incredible. So, uh, but coming back to culture again, just wanted to let you know that thought I had earlier. But. Um, that I think you you have to do three things with it and we teach this Debbie you've got to define it Ryan did just say that you have got to define it you get then got to decide how you make it distinct distinct is not about whether you make it sound jazzy or marketing or really sexy it actually is can somebody say I can do that or I need help right because you might need help it's not for everybody and people can learn to be part of a culture and then finally you've got to use it to make decisions you know, I think if you use culture to make decisions in the example you just gave, yeah. right, you probably wouldn't do it. If you're making it on a financial decision, because I can also understand that dilemma, right? We've got a we're hemorrhaging cash, we've got a retail estate, we've got a furlough, thank the Lord for that, but hold on a minute, we could be really cunning. You're making the wrong decision, because it's probably financial pressure led versus what does the culture say we should do here? And we've talked about it ourselves. We've had incidents, incidents, in our business where we were doing marketing projects weren't we and we were about to launch this huge program and our team said to us before we did have you got an army to do that and when we stopped and read our own cultural mantra and we've got our own cultural uh, diagram um, we suddenly realized, oh no. <laughs> we didn't check against our own DNA and our DNA says don't do this. So we stopped within a day, didn't we? How close was that to wasting loads of time telling people stories that don't matter online and in the world?
2: That's, okay. that's, um, that's a really good I mean if you, if you get those ultimate if you get those ultimate tests, you know. Um, and I guess that example with the other retailer and stuff, it's really just where their core driver and purpose is coming yeah. from um and yeah if you just want to go out and make money then there's all sorts of ways you can do that which <laughs> you know on all sorts of lights and shades but it's yeah. not, it's <laughs> not how, how um and one, one of the one of my memories actually of pets um was when we took some action against the store manager who had previously been hailed as a hero because it always delivered um outstanding um Financial results, yeah. uh, but not necessarily um, in the how way that you would you would want. Yeah. And um, I can't remember how many years into my career there it was, but I remember being in a meeting and we had this discussion. And somebody senior went, "Actually, this just isn't right. We need to we need to take action." Yeah, and and that's where I, I, that's when I had a kind of sat in the back of my chair for a minute and just went yes, because. That's when I knew we were on the right path, um, where the how is as important as the what.
1: Um, yeah. and, I, and I think it's its I think it's a really hard decision to do. And I think it's, you know, and it is brave for companies to do it because businesses are about making money. That's ultimately what they're there for, you know, yeah. to pay people's wages and the, the the people now, and I. this is one of the things I genuinely, genuinely hope that comes out of this incredible challenge that we're living through right now is that we have a greater connection to our people and we understand them better. And we actually take the time to explore that because I think the loyalty and the impact we can have for the future and the relationships of the customer to sales, to commercials, the, I it's, think it's really it's, it's actually, If it's done right.
0: It's, it's so important. That- really important and I, i'm gonna re, i'm gonna reflect back in a really short concise Are montage you? i am yeah oh, you i read an article <laughs> about um a, a consultant in a hospital who was serving a member of their medical team uh, as a patient and it wasn't clear as to whether this person was going to make it right they were about to intubate and put the thing in to breathe right and they decided to take a punt on a drug treatment based on a symptom, that the end end result was this person survived and is now serving people in America with COVID-19. That consultant finished diagnosing the treatment, went to their office, closed the door, put their head on the desk and cried, right? This is extreme, right? Why am I saying this? It's extreme. But the people around our countries, right, ...are linked to the families of these people by six degrees of difference, right? We're all connected to all sorts of people. Is it seven degrees? It's six it's now, I've <laughs> proved it. Right? <laughs> so I've just taken one off, it's quicker. Right? <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Uh, anyway...
2: I've got... I've got five. I
0: mean, <laughs> uh, <tell> you, uh, <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. let's go for sorry, it. It's in the moment, Dave, carry on. we've hold on,
0: oh, it's, it's the guy from Coldplay. Uh, I, uh, no, sorry, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but the, the thing is, right, we can't forget that lesson in the same way when you when we do our our big ceremonies every year for the wars, Debbie, and you meet the, beide, the, 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 the perfect timing, right on Friday, um, is you see them walking on the beaches in France and acting like the ghosts of their friends are with them. We we don't forget that. We should never forget that. It's only my opinion. You do but I don't think we should. We sh- we can't do that with this because what we don't hear about in the press is how bad some of those stories, like the one I just shared. I picked this up in the new U- in the US press. More of it. Um, who wants to make those decisions? We've got to bring that into our workplace. We can't care about absolutely everything, but we can care about a dance like more going
1: forward. I think. Wow.
0: Is that a bit serious? That no,
1: was quite serious. Sorry about that. Other than your six degrees of. Difference. Six
0: degrees. No, Ryan's got five, Debbie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so he's right
2: yeah. I know so, a lot of people on LinkedIn
1: they, <laughs> that's,
0: exact, that's exactly right all them friends yeah. so, but I think we also do have to acknowledge another clue you gave away is that the bigger the organisation the more complex it is yeah. yet I mean, the cultural decision making process is exactly the same so Ryan you talked about a store manager that was exited and held accountable for doing things the wrong way That's a leadership question when you're taking culture seriously at every level of your organisation. And it's giving people the skills, the confidence, the coaching to be able to say, hold on a second, what you're doing isn't in line with what we're about. And getting to the point of whether that person's in or out because that's what culture will ultimately decide. You can't have one or the other. And when you blend it, it usually goes wrong. Is that serious too? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but it's uh, a
1: serious topic. It
0: actually is. is It is, is, yeah. And we all we're all on this on this podcast today. We all care about culture, but you know, whenever we talk about it to clients all around the world, the one question we will ask them early on is, "Are you serious about this?" Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: Because
0: if you're not, you know, don't do it. Take him on a trip to the Bahamas instead. (laughs) (laughs) You know.
2: Uh, I I I often I I mean I don't do so much of it now, uh, but I used to do quite a lot of. Conferences and yeah. speaking and all that sort of stuff, and people used to say, "Oh, you know, how do how do you how do you make how do you get the, the board to listen, or how do you get a seat?" HR people are constantly going on about this seat at the table, um, and I, I do think my 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 secret is make sure you only work with people that get it, um, and find that out first before you take the job, because yeah. I think if you if you're trying to change somebody who's uh, who just doesn't get culture important, people important, then you're on a hell of a hard gig to swap it. And if you don't want to be in that sort of environment, don't take the job. I've been really fortunate in um, pets and with rental cars um, that the CEOs that I've worked with um, get it. And um, so actually, you know, when I'm turning up with my, I want to put a load of banners, uh, bunting and tents around the office, it, that wasn't a problem because he got it. <laughs> so, okay,
0: yeah, absolutely, I love it. So, you did give another word there. So, we come towards the end of this episode, and you talked about the word gig. So, let's talk to you, talk about some of your personal passions because I've, <laughs> see, I've seen you a few times singing away. And when when have you always done that, or has that been the last few years where you've got? So, no, so, so
2: here's here's the thing, right? When <laughs> <laughs> I um, I. I, much to uh, my parents' um, anguish, uh, dropped out of my A-levels because I was going to be a rock star. Um, And the master plan was I was going to sell... I was going to work in Argos during the day to pay the bills so that I could go gigging at night. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out I was much better at flogging kettles than I was at playing guitar. And um, 13 years later I left Argos. <laughs> uh, my my um my my music career in tatters, um and then um then I gave up guitar. I didn't just didn't I just didn't pick it up for about twenty years. Wow! wow. Uh, mainly because I was living next to you and the neighbours were complain. Yeah, the complaints came
1: the other side. I think people complain about us. Yeah.
2: And- uh, Matthew Matthew used to play his drums, which really. Piss the neighbours off on the other side. I think you were yeah, a bit on the yeah. But um, but yes, yeah, so, um, so you know, kids, career, family, yeah. just took over, and I never picked up the guitar. So um, so when I moved out, um, uh, Sarah and I separated. Um, I picked up a guitar again, ironically from Argos. It was really cheap. <laughs> <I've> been, um, <laughs> have been playing since. Second life. I do, I do open, I do open mics, and then I've got this silly thing that uh, my theme tune that everybody seems to recognise is um, I play "Easy Like a Sunday Morning" by Lionel Richie and the Commodores. Yeah. Um, you can YouTube me and Tim Healy actually playing it. There's quite a funny uh, rendition there.
1: I'll well, add it to the podcast.
2: But. Um, I'm now on this mission to play Easy Like a Sunday Morning in as many countries around the world as I can. Um, so I haven't actually totted them up, but I've done Thailand, um, Amsterdam, um, Cape Verde, basically anywhere I can go. And I don't mean just play it like in a bedroom, I mean, up on stage, yeah. in front of an audience. So this weekend, um, I'm thinking of doing, I haven't played a proper gig like a full set for 30 years since I was in the band so I'm toying with doing an online thing this Sunday. You need to
1: do it, you need to do it,
2: it'd be great, we'll so, uh, I need, I need to make sure. I need to make sure the sound is, and I put it on Facebook so people are seeing it now and going oh yeah that'd be great. I'm kind of going for the, have you ever been to the botanist restaurant chain or some of those where they have they have artists, guitarists and pianists in the background uh, where they just play away great songs in the background and nobody takes a blind bit of notice of them because they're there having their drinks and cocktails and um, their meal. I'm going to do the botanist session. <laughs> so I'm just going <laughs> to... No, so I like it. Like you. Your language is twisting, so you've
0: gone from I'm thinking of to I'm going to do. So well, I, I,
2: yeah, I, I am going to... The only reason I won't do it is if I can't get the kit to work to make it sound right. I mean, it looks... I'm quite impressed by your mic at the top of the picture there. I need one of those, something like that.
1: Yeah, Dave likes this mic.
2: Yeah. Although, if if you need a mic,
0: um, we can send you a snowball.
1: Oh, I yeah, haven't got. I have a
0: spare one that goes on the floor, mm. so um, I have a lead that goes into a computer. So, um, if you are stuck, there's time. I can get this in the mail I, to you.
2: I think it will work, but I'm just I'm just going to give it a go, and I'm not going to promote it. I'm just going to go live. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I haven't got as many friends on Facebook as I have on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you and
2: me. Yeah,
1: I did do and see someone do a, a song and dance thing on on LinkedIn the other day. It did surprise me, but it does happen still.
0: Yeah, I guess it should be more about how things are going to transform your business. And that if you're a coach or consultant and you're looking for clients, uh, we know how to do that. That's probably the most common thing I see on the the most. Maybe I need to change my settings. Yeah, maybe you do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But I can't wait, I can't wait to see this. Let us know about the sign issue because we will help you. I have one. We can get that to you, record a delivery, thanks to the Royal Mail, and have that in your hands. Um, but there
1: is no COVID going on whatsoever. I love Dave's, you know, <laughs> the fact that he's just going to materialize. I love it. Your
0: faith in-, in the system. Yeah, that's that's really right. Yeah. So, so uh, Ryan, last question for today is, is there a lasting message you'd like anyone listening to this to remember from things you've shared?
2: Um, I, think, I think hashtag anything but ordinary it's a great challenge to face yourself when you're trying to think stuff through so even though we did, it, it, it didn't actually make it onto the values list funnily enough but um, I still think it's a nice challenge what, what can we do that's different what yeah. can we do to push ourselves
0: I love,
1: I love it, it. Great and, stuff.
0: Any, any uh, final comments or summaries, Miss Holder? No, this. I don't
1: written any summaries because I've, I've interjected all the way through today. I did have a question, which means you might have to come back again, but it is a, a bit facetious in its context as well, is what does HR actually mean? And I know your title's People Director, but it, it, I think HR is something that needs exploring more because I think it's so diverse now and so complex. Yeah. From what, even if I just go back to 15 years ago of who you know HR business partners I used to work with. But the other thing is, I wanted to ask you, blast we'll next time. But is that the word "human capital" is being used in America, and it makes my ears bleed. So I just wanted to explore that topic. But it's, it's another I, long one. Yeah. Well, uh, can I can I just
2: can I just maybe finish off on that then? Because an yeah. anecdote that I think is. So uh, the Retail Trust, which is the retail um, charity thing, his patron is the Queen. And it was their, I don't know, like maybe their centenary or something. So I was very fortunate, and I got to go to St. James's Palace, and the Queen and Prince Philip were there. And we, we were stood up in one line, and there were other people on the other side of the room. The other side of the room got the Queen, we got Philip, as they were walking down doing the shaking. And I was at the front of, I was the first HR person that Philip had met next to me. There might be ops directors or whatever. So he comes to me, shakes my hand, and the person with him says, oh, this is Ryan and Shane. These, this, this next group are um, HR leaders. And he said, uh, I, I hate HR. Humans are not resources. Shook my hand, job done. <coughs>
0: That is the perfect That's ending. That's the best story ever. That is the perfect ending, <laughs> isn't it? So, uh, we have been Double do Business. Loads of things to recap back on. And you listen listened to this. You probably want to listen to this twice. We've talked about the power of engagement, how you can use symbolic events to make a real difference to both your values and your culture. We've also shared some real insights to challenges and commitments you also need to make if you're working on yours, in your company, whatever size it is. Thank you to Ryan Shane, who's been with us, who's from the transport part of booking.com, rentalcars.com, and many, many more. And is that correct?
1: I don't think he just added the many, many more,
0: but it's good. I very know, good. it's because he's got so many connections on LinkedIn. Oh. That's right, he's connected every, He's connected everywhere, Debbie. Now, so we've been Double D, Do Business. Every success with your learning.